Welcome to the Creative Condition Podcast, the show where I, Ben Talon, illustrator and writer, invite people from the creative industry and far beyond to share their story of creativity, both the nature and the nurture, the chaos and the calm. Creativity is a fundamental pillar of human happiness, something I'm increasingly fascinated by. It is so often misunderstood. So little by little, I hope to build an archive of valuable stories, experiences and tips to help you maximise yours. Today I'm joined by the brothers Thibodeau, Brian and Michael, two creatives working across a broad range of fields and they created the fantastic Quarantined Portraits book during quarantine. Uh, We're going to get deep into that, we're going to talk about the emotional side of it, why it's not about what you created or what you didn't create during lockdown. More about how we connected and how we stayed sane during a tough time. As ever, the music for the show is created by Dirty Freud. You can check him out on social media. Stay up to date with his latest releases, gigs and news over at Dirty Freud. Welcome. How are you doing? Thank you for checking back in with the show. Are we getting there? Are we not? It's hard to say anymore. There's always that undercurrent of um, it's there, isn't it? Pandemic, lockdown, the world going to shit. (laughs) Um... I mean, it informs our creative practice in some way, doesn't it? It's life. Life's full of challenges, so there's no point banging on about it. Um, What have you been up to? I hope you've been good. I hope you've been staying energised and created some good material. I've been kind of... I've been trapped in a a big, busy project that hasn't given me too much time to think. The deadline's been quite fierce. And any spare time around it has been spent writing and... You know, uploading work to portfolios. Nothing overly exciting to report back about, to be honest. The show is supported by founding sponsor, Illustration X. You can check them out over at illustrationx.com and they're provided with a, with a fantastic industry insight every episode. So going off the theme of today's show with Brian and Michael Thibodeau, I thought we could just touch upon pressure the pressure we put ourselves under I think sometimes and I mentioned last time about you know comparison being the thief of joy and and how we shouldn't ever look around and and, and leap to any kind of um, conclusion about ourselves based on what other people are doing as is the tendency in this social media saturated world and I think Brian comes up with a lovely a lovely statement during this podcast when we're talking about who's in the book and the range of creatives in it. And he was very quick to underline the point that I mentioned at the top of the show, which was that this project isn't about, you know, whether you've got your shit together and, and created something that you hadn't been able to create for a while during the pandemic, or whether you just completely froze up under the horrible state of the world and didn't do anything because you were battling your own, you know, mental health issues, if that's the right term. You know, the the, the kind of the effect that this whole thing had on us mentally was quite profound. Um but it was about coping and it was about you know, connecting, staying in touch with loved ones, um, having conversations because there's a beautiful aspect of this project which is using creativity as a mechanism for uh, emotional wellness I suppose really it's you know it's not it's not about recording an album or making a book or shooting a film it's kind of about doing what feels right and looking after yourself and looking inwards you know at a time when we all needed to do that to a degree and it just so happened that you know these guys Michael and Brian used their brotherhood you know their sibling connection to to bring their skills together and and, and do this but the, the the story is very organic and it what didn't set out to be that it was something that brian began to do under these new circumstances making use of a small studio space within the house and anyway i'm not going to spoil the story but 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 my point is you know that's what you have to do with creativity you have to listen and you have to feel and we shouldn't always feel the need to be busy all the time and, and sharing great work and looking like we're living the dream because often when we're doing that we're really not and something kind of gets lost when we're always thinking about what we're putting out there that you know the outward face inside of ourselves often it comes at the cost of, of looking in and and what when we, we have to look in to find out really what's going on and, and to get in tune with what we should, what we need to be creating or not creating you know it's a bit of a waffly point but i suppose it's about just staying in tune with ourselves and with others 
and I've never not found great creative results when I've done that. When I when I when I've responded to to what I should be doing based on feeling. Um, the, my favorite projects that have come from, you know, from looking after myself, from being honest about when it's some, you know, there are sometimes weeks go by when I feel burned out and I, and I don't want to create. So, we, you know, we have to think about deadlines. If there's deadlines, you have to respond to them. But if they're not there, you know, do, just don't feel bad about getting out of the house and, and spending a week just listening to music, watching films, doing whatever's right, going and talking to people, jump on Zoom, have conversations, lie on the bed, stare at the ceiling. You know, the Instagram and everything else that goes on in today's world in our industry certainly puts us under a lot of pressure to be doing the next amazing thing when it's not always the best thing to do for us because we we then create a self-fulfilling negative cycle of burnout and of pressure and, and, and really we end up with a big pile of work that we don't really feel any emotional connection to so anyway you know listen to this show listen to what Brian and Michael have got to say about the quarantined portraits project and I think it's quite heartwarming I think you'll take some real life lessons away from it so that's why I wanted to put this show out there um you can go and check out all their work, you know, follow the link through b.tibbsstudio, T-H-I-B-B-S, uh, on Instagram. Um, all the work is up there. There's a lovely little statement here, actually. Oh, before I before I get on too deep into this, um, the other sponsor of the show is the Association of Illustrators. They're a wonderful, important organisation for the illustration industry here in the UK. Go and check them out over at theaoi.com and, of course, illustrationx.com. Uh, courtesy of those guys for the tip so there's a note from the artist in this lovely quarantine portraits book and it's from brian um and it goes like this we recently created a video slash art series called quarantined portraits the project evolved from painting self-portraits on facebook live to painting all types of creative professionals throughout the world i interviewed these artists about how quarantine was affecting their creative practice and the results were astounding while each portrait was a unique learning experience, a few unexpected highlights were connecting with a stuntman from the Black Panther movie, the creator of Strawberry Shortcake and the Care Bears, an actor who played John Lawrence from Hamilton on Broadway, one of the Gregory brothers who created the viral hit Songify the News, and so many amazing creators. It's been a humbling and inspiring experience, to say the least. It was so therapeutic to get my mind off myself during this pandemic and learn about how others are feeling, working and living out their best life despite the circumstance. I'm grateful to have created this project alongside my brother and creative collaborator Michael. While he was quarantined in another state, he also drew that incredible portrait of me above. I will share that on the social media so you guys can see that. You can also grab the book where you'll find it in lovely print format. So the way this book runs is it's a series of wonderful hand-painted portraits done by Brian. Michael produced the project by recording the conversations Brian was having during these portraits on Facebook Live. So there's a, a QR code with each of the portraits and you can simply run your phone over it and then access the entire conversation while Brian was, was painting and watch the whole thing on video. I think it's a beautiful example of how we confuse digital and print media, you know, to create this kind of multifaceted piece of what body of work that lives within the two spheres and and i think it's the way you know the way we need to move forward i think it's really really great the portraits are awesome they're very um i don't know what the word is to describe them they're unique you know they're they're really strong the colors are, are quite beautiful quite muted color palettes but there's real soul and real you know, some of them are quite distended and the proportions are quite off to what you would normally represent, you know, a person if you're going for accuracy. But that's where they get their energy. And I just think it's a, it's a beautiful book. Um, you can follow the link that I mentioned at b.tibs, sorry, at btibs.studio on Instagram. Um, I will share the links on the, on the show notes, but I could prattle on all day. Get us your feedback on the social media on this or any previous episodes at Ben Talon or at Ben Talon Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. It's been going good recently. Uh, cheers for checking on the previous episodes. Ben Ryan, we've had Alan McGee on the show. We've had Jesse Maguire from awesome New York agency Thought Matter. Matt Essam, creative coach, has recently, and Sarah Coggin talking about the language of creativity and how we should, you know, don't maximise the way we express ourselves through language. So all that good stuff's up there in the archive. I think we're getting on for 180 episodes now. It's uh, been quite the juggernaut, this thing. Never the plan, but much to Brian and Michael's point. Some of this great stuff just happens when you do it and you follow the trail because it feels good. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the brothers Michael and Brian Thibodeau. 
talking about their wonderful quarantined project portraits projects enjoy so i think we're both you know just creative uh wanderers in a sense uh, um you know we we work on various projects um you know i i have a full-time gig uh right now where i'm a creative director uh kind of working in advertising but i also have you know this kind of side thing that i use to you know like collaborate with mike or or whoever uh, b-tip studio um it's just kind of right now a creative outlet for me um you know to express myself with uh illustration or uh video work um yeah just kind of uh it's it's kind of just this very organic uh weird ball of creativity right now and uh you know just kind of letting it lead to an extent um and then mike i think you're kind of in a similar boat yeah i i started off acting primarily and that being my main focus um and then that kind of just steamrolled into a bunch of different things and working behind the scenes at theaters and you know i started to write a little bit more and direct a little bit more and so my focus has kind of shifted and uh kind of transitioned into film stuff and you know it's kind of just trying to be as creative as possible with as low a budget or <laughs> whatever budget is provided so uh that, that kind of makes it a little bit more fun because you can be a little scrappy which i like yeah i, I got a very minimal tastes in that world in film but i mean micro budget would be complimentary for the level of things that i worked on and um you know but it was it's just the level of thinking on your feet you know you get brought in and your friend tells you oh, you're art director and then you're carrying seven bin bags of you know props and you know, yeah, yeah. But i kind of i kind of loved and hated it i didn't want to be in that world permanently afterwards but i kind of loved how resourceful it made you and and just the unexpected you know things that come up is that something that chimes with your character you know does that yeah i think so i think you know just you have to work with what you have and just being able to think outside the box and you know once you do figure out whatever uh problem you have to solve it's kind of a rewarding feeling when you're like oh yeah i can just go grab a bag of dirt from this person's yard and use it for this project or something you know and it just kind of makes you feel like a like you're a rebel creative warrior of some sort so you've been stealing dirt from people's backyards is what i'm hearing no i didn't say that no, no. <laughs> worry about it yeah don't worry about it <laughs> i love that so what about roots i'm I'm curious with the, the brother dynamic between you guys like you know did you get along with what was the household Did you have creative family i love to hear this part of people's journeys yeah so uh we're actually um well, I guess I would say Mike is my literal brother from another mother. Um, and so my dad remarried when I was a kid and and uh, brought this guy into the world. So, uh, so I'm quite a bit older than Mike. Uh, but that said, you know, we we hung out a lot as kids. And even when I was in college, you know, come home and and hang out, we'd play, uh, you know, Spider-Man, Tony Hawk, you know uh just had a good time and so we have a pretty uh creative family uh our dad is uh started out as an editorial cartoonist and a sign painter um and then he kind of moved into you know being a caricature artist and a a, a muralist uh and so we kind of always grew up around this this kind of messy uh visual art um you know he he always had his hand in some kind of entrepreneurial project. Um, and then on top of that, our, uh, our stepmom, my stepmom, his mom, um, uh, is a dance teacher and, uh, and they actually met, uh, in theater, uh, in a play called guys and dolls. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of started that relationship. So everything I feel like in our entire family and, uh, our makeup is, is kind of based in the arts. Our, our sister is uh, a singer. She has a band called Doe Eyes. Uh, 
Um, and uh, yeah, everyone's kind of seems like they they have either theater or music or art. Uh, it's pretty fun, you know. Mm, I guess yeah. that like, did that break down the the kind of you know the barriers that I guess some people experience when perhaps the family members haven't tasted the the unpredictability, I guess, and the excitement of creativity. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you know, for me, being the youngest of five it just kind of my eyes being opened up to seeing all my older siblings do all these creative things all the time and you know I was thrown into it as well but you know I had like four inspirations plus my parents to like look at and be like see all these different paths of creativity and Brian has always been like such a huge inspiration for me and ever since I was a little kid, I mean, he would come over and I'd just be like in awe of this guy who looks like me and is like, just like this incredible artist. And I just, you know, it's just, it's been great. And then as we've gotten older, it's just gotten better. And it's just, you know, we've been able to collaborate and it's just grown into something that, you know, I, I love it. It's like it collaborating with my siblings has been the best part of my artistic journey so far so it's been cool mm. that's, that's, yeah, that's so good yeah to, to your question um yeah i i do feel like you know some of those barriers have uh like you were talking about kind of been been demolished in a sense of like don't go into the arts um you know you're not going to make any money uh, that said, we've definitely witnessed, uh, you're not going to make any money, you know? <laughs> so, so it's, it's interesting because it's just this like balance of like passion and life. And then, you know, when I started having kids, um, well, I, I always knew I wanted to have like a, a big family. And I think maybe just coming from like, you know, like Mike said, he's the youngest of five, um, you know, I wanted some monetary means. And I think that kind of moved me toward, um, you know, advertising, um, which is, you know, just seemed like that, you know, that's the thing you see in the movies all the time. It's like, that's like the vocation they always pick for some reason on, on the movies. You're like, oh yeah, you want to be creative and make money, you go into advertising. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily true, but that is like a, a perception that's out there. Um, but I think what we've really learned is, you know, life is rich and it's even more rich in the arts, no matter if you're making the money or not. Um, and so it's not really about that. Um, although it'd be nice to have a little bit of that, you know, <laughs> we're always working toward it. So. Yeah. Well, this is the, it's the ongoing thing, isn't it? It's the classic. I mean, I wouldn't say I don't know, you know, the, the starving artist thing, it's, it's certainly there. Of course it is. We're all familiar with it, at least somewhere along the way. But it's, um, I did a show recently, actually, and it was a creative coach, and it was really interesting, really, really good stuff. And he said that, you know, now, I guess what we're, you know, we're going to talk about this with the pandemic and everything. So many people lost their jobs and that, that kind of thing of, I chose that route for the stability is kind of in yeah. question. It's very much in question now, and especially as the you know the creative industries expand with technology and everything else. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, like I said, it, it was a perception of going into a certain um, you know vocation within the arts, but it, it was you know it's only a perception. You always have to maintain the hustle. Um, I think no matter you know what you're doing at least at least in the uh the, the creative path you know mm -hmm. um, but, yeah but i think that's kind of like our makeup too i think we want that at the same time you know we enjoy it um, yeah. you know? keeps you alive you know it, it keeps the necessity there and the desperation that's under, underpins a lot of good ideas yeah yeah so i thought it'd be cool let's talk about where you guys were at individually when you know when we when we realized that this wasn't just something else we were going to hear about on the news that would blow over and and how did it affect you because you know i guess this is key to the, the, the book we're going to talk about mm -hmm. yeah i um i was in richmond virginia i had just moved back after 
living in Orlando for a good amount of time. And, you know, I had just moved before the pandemic and I was like, you know what, I'm going to change my life up. It's going to be great. I'm stoked about it. And then, you know, everything crashed and burned. But um, I was able to reconnect with my, our sister who lives here in Richmond. And, uh, you know, we were, we were both just like frazzled by all this. So she actually had an album that was about to come out, her first debuted album. And, uh, and she was stoked. She was supposed to go on tour and uh, do a big tour here in the U.S. And it was very exciting. And that all got canceled. So we, you know, we both kind of were so bummed out. And we kind of just said, you know what, let's do something about this. Let's like try to be creative during this dark time and make something. And so we ended up making a visual album, uh, which was never in the plans. Um, and so we just did it from just our iPhones and, you know, it was extremely scrappy and it, yeah, it, uh, turned out beautiful and it was super rewarding and uh, now we'll have this for ourselves at least forever <laughs> to look back on. Yeah. And in terms of your own work, Mike, were you, were you acting at, you know, at the time? No, I was just doing some side jobs here and there, you know, um, some random food service jobs and uh, serving jobs. Mm. But yeah, I was just trying to, you know, I had just done that big move and I had just come from, the theme parks in Orlando where I was acting for uh, nearly 10 years. And, you know, I was doing that hustle for a long time. And so when I came back to Richmond, I was kind of trying to focus more on my writing and getting some normal jobs here and there and just trying to keep it going. Mm. And how about you, Brian? Yeah. Uh, I was in, uh, yeah, just outside of Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, which is where I reside, uh, you know, with with all my little whippersnappers and, and my lovely wife. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I just recall having, you know, heard rumblings about, you know, this virus in China. And, you know, you've been kind of hearing about that for a while in NPR. And I remember thinking like, man, that really sounds terrible. Like, you know, people like this notion of quarantine is not anything that I actually ever, uh, considered, um, you know, considered that it could actually get to, to me, you, you always hear about all these, you know, terrible things happening elsewhere. And, you know, you don't think it's gonna, uh, get so close to home. Um, but yeah, it was just about my anniversary and we, you know, we had plans to go out and, uh, and suddenly everything, just shut down. I think my, my son was supposed to go to, you know, some like youth group thing. And, you know, it was like all these kids and, uh, my, my stepdad had been recovering from a, a quadruple heart bypass surgery. And I remember my mom telling me, um, you know, I, we talked to the doctor, the doctor says like, don't take, uh, you know, Ken, my, my stepdad, you know, out, like, uh, don't even come to the doctor right now, you know, and this was before, like, they were like total quarantine also. And so there was just, you know, there were some hints that things were coming. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, we, you know, my son didn't go to that thing. We didn't go to, uh, you know, uh, out for our anniversary. Um, and then creatively, I was just kind of doing, you know, my advertising work. Um, I think on the side, Mike, I can't remember if we'd already started collaborating on some pro bono, uh, you know, advertising like brand book stuff for a couple uh, clients. Um, but yeah, we may have. Yeah, I think we were kind of working toward that. Uh, you know, um, and so, yeah, everything just shut down. And now I'm working, you know, from home all the time. And you know, having Zoom meetings like we all were and still are, just like this one, sort of. Um, yeah, and I just kind of was, you know, in a way it was like kind of sucked, but 
in a way too, was like, well, this is kind of nice to be like working at home with my family, like, you know, close by, um, not having to travel or anything. Um, so yeah. And then it just kind of turned into, you know, late nights of like painting self portraits. And I kind of, my background is also in uh, painting. And so I have a degree in uh, painting and printmaking uh, from Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia, which is where Mike is. And, you know, I have a little studio set up in the house and, um, you know, just the kids have access to all the, the paints and everything, just like I do. And yeah, I just started painting self-portraits, um, just kind of reflecting on everything at night because like we weren't going anywhere. <laughs> mm. And uh, and yeah, that kind of, I think, turned into asking other people. I'm like, I'm getting a little tired of this sort of self-indulgent, like looking at myself, painting, and I wanted to paint other people. So uh, I put out a call on Facebook and I just said, hey, does anybody want to get painted? Like no pressure. In fact, no conversation. Like we'll just sit there, listen to music and and I'll paint you um, and, and we'll call it a day because I didn't want to put any pressure on. I didn't know how much talking I wanted to do even. And when I was working on that, um, yeah, I had a couple people kind of volunteer, but Michael reshared it on his uh, on his Facebook, and you know, and he's got all these acting friends, and so like they're all like, you know, extrovert introverts, I guess, you know, or or maybe just extroverts. And so next thing I know, I got all these people like pinging me, like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and I'm like, whoo, this is wild, okay. So I kind of start handpicking a few of them. Um, and at the same time, I'm doing a few of my friends. And I remember, you know, I put a record on in the background and I would say, all right, on one side of the record, I'm gonna paint you within this one side of the record. And then I would put them on an iPad uh, through like this little distortion app. And so their face would kind of distort. And I would try to paint them realistically from this distortion. Um, and it was kind of akin to growing up doing caricatures with my dad. We used to go out to parties and we'd draw people together. Um, and so, yeah, it, you know, at first it was kind of like quiet and a little bit awkward with, especially with the people I didn't know. And then it turned into some people, you know, like the awkwardness was just too much. And so some people started talking a little bit and then we would start chatting and I think one day Mike was listening or watching the Facebook live because I was broadcasting all these on Facebook live. Mike was listening. And afterwards he called me. He's like, Hey, that was pretty cool. Like listening to you talk to that guy about sumo wrestling. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, cool. He's like, yeah, you should do more of that. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah. Let's give it a shot. And Mike was like, yeah, I can, I, I can just kind of keep getting you guests, you know, you want me to produce this thing? And I was like, yeah, let's go for it. And Mike starts rattling off these people he knows, you know, he's like, I know, you know, a stuntman that was, uh, uh, you know, one of the stuntmen for Black Panther and, you know, Avengers or Endgame. Um, and he just kind of knew some really interesting people. I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, maybe let's just focus on uh, other creative people and, you know, we'll just kind of see where those conversations go. And so it was really organic. It was really, um, you know, it started out kind of awkward and really lo-fi and it, it remained lo-fi, but like next thing you knew, we were like, well, let's get this software where we can see each other at the same time and, you know, broadcast it live through Facebook and uh, put a little logo up on the side. So it just kind of evolved through the whole process. So, um, yeah, anyway, I'm, t I'm talking too much, but. And at, at the beginning of all this, the, the funniest part to me about this whole project was, you know, Facebook doesn't like you to use any sort of music, you know, they'll cut off, they'll cut off the audio completely if they don't own the rights or something, or they'll be scared that they don't own the rights. So Brian was getting cut off when he was playing these records for the first like four or five people. 
and um in every conversation in in the uh sessions would be about the music being cut off from facebook and so it's like yeah these conversations are great but like what if we just have conversations instead you know um so it it yeah, I mean, like Brian said, it was super organic, but it was it was a really fun process to watch from beginning to end. And we ended the series with our dad, um, which on Father's Day, I believe, um, it, was, it, ended yeah. up, it ended up just being the perfect book to, bookend to this whole thing. Um, and you're only now telling me what a fool I was, <laughs> like listening to the music. So <laughs> the heads up, Mike. Hey, it's organic. <laughs> We're going to keep finding things out. That's right. Uh, I love that. I, I, I have such a adoration of these kind of projects where you're just, you know, whether you're exploring or you're just doing something, whatever, whatever the reasons. And then when someone from the outside looks in and just flags something up that you're doing really naturally and it makes sense, you know, it's the, the most rewarding feeling when you see that manifest into something you know, complete or something tangible. I think it's brilliant. I did um, at the same time, around very much around the same time. I had no plans to to well, not. I was writing. I've been writing for a few years. Writing, started writing fiction, and and what I noticed was just you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious here about where you guys were based at the time and what the mood was. But it's such a strange time, you know, with everything being closed. And I described it in this book. So it's called Isolation Watch. It wasn't a plan to be a book, but in the same kind of way, I just posted this one-off snapshot status where I, I kind of did four observational, like kind of looks into people's worlds. So, you know, the, the person who's never had to spend this one day with his wife under the same roof for 20 years because they've both been working and avoiding each other and everything, and then bang, they're under the same roof. So it became this kind of observed factually, but very much fiction and making up these characters. And posted four of them just for a laugh more than anything, and and it got a real response. So I did it the next day, and and this you know this became a diarized fictional you know suburban community of how people were kind of coping, not coping, and um, and I described it as a oh what was that? So oh, God, I've gone blank, but it was um, symphony of sedation. That was it, symphony of sedation. You know the the lawnmowers and the Hoovers and and just kind of DIY and that was it. And people, and it, it just again it just snowballed and it did bring about connections with people, which brings me on to you guys. I mean, I don't know how much time you spent together without COVID and everything else, but one thing I loved about the quarantine portraits book was that was the the distance. You know, you when you made a and I've got it down here as six hundred thirty four point four miles between you guys. Um, I thought that was a wonderful thing because. You know, in this globalized world when everything's fine, we don't think twice about hopping on a flight and we don't really think about the, the mileage or the distance between us. But I found that quite powerful thinking of that, you know, as two brothers and, and that distance between them. Um how did that feel? I mean, you know, did this must have this must have been some something quite therapeutic in terms of the relationship between you guys. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, we we've always been pretty tight, but you know, I mean, things like this definitely bring you closer together when you're, you know, forced to talk to each other every day about something, you know, because we were doing this Monday through Friday and, and on the weekends we were planning for the next week. So, you know, it was nice to be working on something together from so far away. And um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's hard to say because we, you know, it's not like, oh, this is my brother I haven't talked to in two years, you know, but yeah. It is definitely nice. Um, it was it was great. Yeah, I, I think um, it was casual, you know, in that it was just kind of this creative side project in a, in a sense. But it also like had uh, elements of uh, professionalism, um, and I know that's one thing that Mike and I have been working toward is working together in a more uh, professional capacity over the years. He's hired me to do, you know, certain things for like a play he's, he's written, uh, you know, I've done some of the poster and the branding. Um, and those have been, you know, you know, here's the assignment. Um, you know, here's the parameters and, you know, I sent something back, but this was to be able to work together. So often was, was really cool, even from a distance. Uh, because it did require 
pretty much talking every day and he was uh you know promoting my stuff we were making like you know uh promoted ads and putting those out there mike was like my social media manager essentially um and so to work together in that capacity to really develop that um creative respect that professional like to to that professional tier you know to be able to like look at my my little brother and be like you know this dude is a creative powerhouse you know um and i i just think that that uh kind of professional creative relationship uh really um you know i think it was there but it, it really cemented in a way that i i felt like yeah we could definitely start a business together or you know whatever it would be because it's just a natural you know you sometimes look at you know some of these uh you know these these brothers that are you know directors or, or whatever and so it just kind of ignited all these other kind of ideas of projects in the future mm. um, so i don't know if that speaks to the distance so much you know i think as far as the distance goes it did give us a project where, where we were working together every single day. I mean, I was doing like one to two of these, I think per day. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy there for a minute. You know, sometimes they were back to back and, and I was like exhausted. Like, I don't know. It was, it was pretty wild. I mean, and I guess that, you know, the, I mean, and I guess this brings us on to people's responses to the pandemic creatively, but you know, um, it's a health, I suppose it's a healthy thing. Was it healthy for you? Ment I mean, how were you guys mentally at the time? You know, did you do okay? Did you, did you, did this help? Yeah, uh, this, definitely helped. this definitely helped me. I mean, you know, I, I feel like I do a lot better mentally when I am working on something creatively. Um, so, you know, to not have something, uh, after the book, after we um, were uh, finished our sessions and stuff, that was kind of the rough period for me. So it definitely was, you know, it kept my mind on something other than uh, the despair of everything. Mm. Yeah, I would, I would say the same. Um, like I said earlier, you know, I hadn't painted painted in years. Um, not not like that not with like drippy paint and paint brushes um on an easel um and so the flow of that just felt so good just to to put the the paint on the paper just i was painting on this stuff called a uh, duralar which is like a film you know um kind of like a matte translucent film um that's meant for wet media but um but just that flow, you know, of the, that, that feeling to me is so um, therapeutic. It's just, there's something about that, that material that just, you know, that's why I went into painting and, you know, felt like I had to, you know, go into advertising to, you know, support a family. Um, I don't know if I really needed to do that or not, but that's what I did. But to go back to that and even my wife commenting, you know, oh, I just love seeing you you know, paint again, like, this is so great. Um, she could feel that I was in my element doing that. Mm. And on top of all that, you know, it, Brian was having conversations with all these artists that were experiencing all, all different things during this time. And, you know, it, there's a couple sessions there that just got very emotional. And I just remember talking to Brian afterwards and being like, wow, like, we made that happen like we were able to you know just have all these feelings like bloom in this random facebook live interview <laughs> like we would have never expected that conversation to spark um with a few guests which was very cool yeah it definitely helped you take your mind off yourself you know to talk to someone else <clears throat> to hear how they were dealing with um quarantine and you know sometimes it's just like you know how their life was going and other times it was how they were dealing with quarantine um and their or creativity you know yeah. yeah or covid right 
Um, so. Mm, I mean, we're, you know, we're, it's something that comes up time and time again, and I'm always fascinated by, but we, we are quite fragile people. You know, I, I just think by the very virtue of being well suited to the arts and having these introspective minds, the flip side of that is that we're quite vulnerable. And times like this, where, you know, when the media and everyone just pumps it up, it's, you know, it's challenging. I, I, I did a few very short podcasts early on called, called, called them cabin casts. Similar thing, I suppose, just checking in with a few creatives, you know, between five and 10 minute conversations to see how they were doing, what the setup was uh, and how things were going. And it was a very mixed bag. You know, some people were, I don't know about thriving, but they'd found ways like you guys to, to produce something different, to step out of their day to day. Other people, not so much. They found it very hard to get in the creative headspace with everything that was going on. Very understandable. So that said, you must have come across a hell of a panorama across all these very talented people who are in the book. Who jumps to mind out of the book? Like, What, what kind of range of people are in it? Yeah. Well, you know, before we even jump into that, I just want to say, you know, like you said, a, a huge spectrum of, of different people. And, and one thing we really tried to be aware of and uh, sensitive to um, was just the notion that quarantine isn't a time to make something awesome. You know, uh, if, if you were making something, if you were if, if somehow during quarantine, like that sparked your, um, you know, creative fire and you blazed a new trail and, you know, began to change the world, like awesome. So great. But on the flip side of that, if you got to quarantine and you decided um, that you needed self-care and you needed to stop and you needed to, um, be introspective and take some time with depression or um, start doing yoga. You know, we love that too, you know, like all that stuff is so valid and so important. And so even though it was, you know, even though it was about talking to creative people and seeing how, um, you know, what they were up to during quarantine, it, it, it wasn't, hey, we wanna, you know, uh, hear this great story about the, you know, the, the creative things that you're doing, you know, and it, and it wasn't a way to, to, to show off and say, Hey, look at this creative thing that I'm doing during quarantine. It, it, in a sense, it was a, a, a check in. Um, but it was also just like, like, let's, let's connect with people from a distance. Like let's connect with other creative people. Um, because, in a sense, like we all share the same heart, you know? Um, and so anyway, I just want to kind of start out with that because uh, there might be some, some of these stories that kind of rose to the top, so to speak, um, just by the very nature of what they were, but it, it didn't make them any more or less important than the other ones. So um, it, it was just an amazing experience overall. Mm. Yeah, we really wanted this to feel like a time capsule for this time, like, and to be able to look back on and just be like, wow, this, you know, we, we documented all this stuff with these people. Um, so yeah, I think we achieved that, which is cool. Mm, I think you're absolutely right. And I think you hit on something there that um, a lot of this was about coping, you know, or, or, you know, we had, we had, we built this society where we had access to all these amazing things, entertainment and, um, you know, just, all the things that we have around us and suddenly it's gone. So people were filling a, a void in a sense, you know? So yeah, okay. It's, it's, as you said, Brian, it's good to kind of turn around and go, look, this is amazing and, and fantastic. That's great. But it really wasn't, I don't think they were ever the motivations, you know, it was about people either taking stock, stepping back or just getting by and, and kind of just trying to distract or to find some focus and, and get back in touch with themselves. And I think this book really, with the, with the art, with the conversations and the production, I think you you really have done a great job of getting that mood. Thank you. Yeah, you know, like we said, it was so organic. Um, but yeah, and, you know, there were, um, you know, 
I'm trying to think some of the ones that stick out that for, for me, I guess uh, one really unique one um, and just really because of the organic nature of how it all came to be um, was uh, Muriel Juneberry Farian. And she is the creator of Strawberry Shortcake and the Care Bears and the Get Along Gang, uh, which are all like, you know, from my childhood, um, it, but yet transcend my childhood even, you know, to the point where, you know, everybody knows those iconic characters. Um, and so, you know, Michael had been working with my sister, Allie, which I'm, I'm glad you brought up that that video work that you were working on with her, Mike, because it's really, it really is interwoven into this story. Um, so Doaz had just launched their first album, I guess her first album. Um, and so, you know, she's on Spotify and, you know, wherever you can listen to music. And one day, uh, Allie gets tagged I believe if I'm saying the story correctly, she gets tagged on, you know, uh, Instagram. And there's this woman um, dancing in her kitchen to my sister's song. And, you know, it's just kind of peculiar. It's not something you see every day. And I think my sister was like, who is this? Like, this is so cool. Like this woman is so neat. And she starts, you know, I imagine looking at her other things and she comes to find out that, you know, she's the creator of those things that I just mentioned. And, and so she just kind of, you know, sends it to the family. Oh my gosh, the, the creator of Strawberry Shortcake and the Care Bears is dancing to my song. And this is amazing, you know? And so immediately, you know, like our whole family's like, friend her, friend, 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 you know, we're all... <laughs> We're all trying to become best friends with with Muriel Juneberry Farian. And uh, and so, yeah, I think either her or somebody was like, get her on the get her on the show, get her on Quarantine Portraits. And so Allie, you know, reached out to her, I believe, or you did, Mike, I don't remember, um, or both of you did. And, you know, just kind of told her what was up, like, hey, I'm the one in the song and they might have already connected. But either way, in a roundabout way, she ended up saying, yeah, come on. And <clears throat> it was really cool because she had also kind of embarked on this project from uh, this kind of organic experience in her life um, that was also born out of adversity. Um, so the reason she dances in her kitchen is um, and you, you really got to go back and, and listen to the interview because it's just so powerful. My, my wife is a, a dance teacher and she sat in the back listening uh, because she, you know, A, she's interested in dance and, and B, she, you know, digs strawberry shortcake and all that stuff. So, um, so my wife's in the back weeping, you know, while, uh, while Muriel tells us this story about how her husband was sick and, and dying. And, you know, uh, towards, you know, the end of his life, it was her and uh, the nurse that would come over uh, to their home. And so the one of the ways they would cheer up her husband um, was they would dance for him. And, he, you know, it would make him smile. And, um, and so it sounds like they did that you know, often and just tried to have fun together toward the, the end of his life. And um, after he passed away, uh, it was very challenging for her. And one thing she decided to keep doing was dancing. And so she began to record herself in her kitchen. Um, and she became sort of this internet sensation in a way, um, just you know, it's that notion of like dance like no one's watching, even though everyone is watching. But you you feel that when you when you watch her, um, and it makes you look at something in yourself and and kind of look to to those ideas of of being self conscious and self aware and how we need to like 
let that strip away sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, it was just really uh, a powerful thing. And I, I feel like we've kind of forged a friendship where she tells me to call her Aunt Muriel now. So <laughs> she's, just, she's just the sweetest thing in the world. And I just love seeing her come through my, my social feeds. Mm, it's a really powerful story. I love that. And, and you can't, you know, you can't plan that, can you? You can't say, you know, this is where I'm going to be. And, you know, that, again, it's that classic thing of creativity. And, uh, and it sounds like you've, you've had very early lessons in the, in the kind of fluctuating nature of it. And, you know, you, you just can't plan for that. But when these moments happen, it, it really does validate, you know, sticking with it and working and staying fluid. Yes, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I mean, Mike, I remember, sorry, I was just going to say, Mike, uh, you know, I remember when you were pulling quotes um, for the book. And so Mike was going back through, um, you know, the videos and stuff as we were uh, designing out the book, looking for quotes from the different people. And he texts me, he's like, I'm just sitting here crying to Muriel's interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I hadn't seen it in what, eight months or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I had forgotten how intense this was. Yeah, really <laughs> special. So beautiful. I mean, you know, the range of, of professions in the book is something. I mean, I saw the one guy was a clown. That was yeah. great. And, you know, comedians and actors and, and the stuntman from Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of people we were able to rope into this thing. <laughs> you know, and that's that's something, you know, I've gone and done like uh, my kids are homeschooled now. But uh, at one point, you know, they were in school and, um, you know, I've done career days and stuff. And, you know, one thing, you know, they always invite me in like, um, hey, let's let's get the artists to come in. Uh you know, when you think of artists, you think of, you know, first thing, oh, painters, people that draw. Um, by the way, drawer is not a word. That's a drawer. Okay. And that's in a, in a dresser. Um, but, uh, but the one thing I always try to point out to the kids um, is an artist. Yes, I'm an artist, but an artist is a writer. An artist, an artist is a musician. An artist is a dancer. Um you know, an actor, a comedian, like there's so many, a clown, uh, a clown. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing. And like I said, we all kind of share the, the same heart, I think, um, you know, for, for the way we uh, approach life and, and just feel about things. And it's a really, really special thing. Um, and I think through that process of the book, it was just humbling creatively. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, it's it's beyond words, actually. Um, and, and I'm just grateful that we have this sort of this object that kind of came out of the whole thing. Yeah, and, and to jump back to what you were saying earlier about having the distance of, you know, where everybody was in the book, I, I just, we were discussing the book and what we wanted in there. And uh, we we were talking about, you know, these caricatures that Brian and, our dad used to do and you know they'd be within four feet of each other and you know you'd have this conversation they'd go about but we're like this is like a new futuristic caricature you know where you're able to do this through zoom and to think about the actual distance if you guys were sitting apart it's like that is uh pretty far for some of these people you know we got someone from yeah. italy i think in the book mm -hmm. um you know, and talking to you now, I mean, it's just an extension of all that. Yeah. It's been cool. It's magnificent. Um, you know, what's, what's really cool to me as, as someone who tries to collaborate where possible, and I'm always saddling myself with, you know, another project when I really don't need another project in my schedule just because I have to know and I've met this person who does this. And I think it's magic that, you know, we yes, we have this, this beautiful physical object that, as you said, Mike, is a, time capsule as such in a book form but then the qr code just to leap into this digital space and, and and relive that conversation that that's brilliant and and to go one step further than that um what you said brian about you know about being an artist 
look at all the things that had to go into this collaboration, coordination, empathy, sympathy, um, you know, people skills, patience, you know, it's just, there's just so much encapsulated within one project and that should just, you know, that if you break that down, what a great illustration of what you were saying there that you, you tell the kids. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, yeah. You know, the QR code was kind of an idea from, from the beginning of, you know, once we decided like, Hey, let's make this a book. Yeah. We can do QR code um, that, you know, connects to the interviews. But I remember in the process of making the book, for some reason, that was like just a really, I think I did redid the QR code section, like three or four times. And, you know, and you had to keep going like relinking and, you know, man, there, there was a moment there where I was like, ah, F these QR codes, man, I'm, I'm just going to leave them out. You know, I, I, I can't seem to, to make these work the way I want them to work. But then it was just like, no, I get such a integral part of this whole thing. And it just, it, it can't exist without that, that immediacy of being able to kind of connect uh, directly to those conversations because it's so much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, those, those paintings are just the, the residue of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if anyone's listening to this and, you know, they have the book or they're getting the book, you know, the quotes are great in the book and everything, but I mean, the, the real, the conversation is just unmatched. It, it wouldn't have worked without it. So I, I'm glad you kept with it with those QR codes. <laughs> yeah. You just have to have some patience. Uh, if you do watch the videos, you have to have some patience with me as far as like when it starts. But, you know, you can fast forward, skip around and kind of get to the meat of it whenever you want. So um, not a super professional looking production. It's very raw, the whole thing you know, the whole experience. So um, in a way, you know, we thought about re-editing everything and I had re-edited a few of the videos, um, but we were just like, nah, let's, let's just keep it raw. Let's just keep it true to exactly what happened and the, the awkwardness and the weird pauses and the mess ups. And so well, it's it is what it is. It's authentic. You know, it's, um, I died. Oh God, I've been winging this thing for five years. <laughs> you know, no background, no good broadcast experience, just a person who's passionate about creativity and likes to talk about it. And much like the way that Michael flagged up to you that you were having these great chats and maybe they should do something. It was the, the guy who runs my illustration agency that I'm represented by turned around one day and said, look, I listen to a lot of podcasts. You're always talking about this stuff. Have you considered starting one of your own? And I hadn't. And bang, there you go. You know, and again, it's I'm sat there watching a 13 year old kid on YouTube telling me how to work garage band. (laughs) (laughs) I've never never really progressed far beyond that. But I know that the people who listen to this show, you know, I'm sure it's frustrating on the occasional episode that might just push the boundaries of quality. But nine times out of 10, you know, I'm not professing to be a broadcaster or a professional, you know, production and whatever. It's just, and I think you lose some soul if you move away from that. I think the very nature of the conversation that you've had here, I personally think they would, it would lose something if you were to go and polish them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really cool to kind of hear about how your, your podcast as, as someone who's been listening for a little bit um, that, you know, that's, that's pretty neat, but you pull it off well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a great excuse to talk to fascinating people doing interesting things. And I, it's a, I didn't intend it to be, didn't think it would be, but it's a massive, it's been like a, a whole massive installment of education that I hadn't, hadn't planned for, you know, just hearing wow. the, the way people do things and their story. It's just, a, it's a huge rush and it's, it's great. Gives me so many little pointers. <laughs> yeah, cool. it's really, really cool. I, I, I get a lot from it personally, so. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you having us on. Oh, no, it's my, it's, uh, my, my absolute pleasure. Well, uh, so how's it been received? Has, uh, has it been, you know, I guess the people who are in the book must be getting a huge, uh, huge kick from that. Yeah, you know, we tried to. Um, so one, one thing we didn't mention is, uh, you know, we had a Kickstarter campaign. Hmm. Um, we raised $5,200. Um, and one thing we wanted to be able to do, uh, which was a goal, uh, from the onset was just to be able to give all the participants a book. Um, so, uh, so we were able to print enough to do that. Um, 
and I've definitely bought most of the books myself and kind of, um, uh, you know, distributed them. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's doing okay. I guess you'd say like, you know, we have it in a, a gallery, uh, shop in Richmond, Virginia called Quirk. And, um, that's a really neat shop that, um, you know, our sister connected us to. Uh, so yeah, it's, you know, I, I'd love for more people to be able to kind of, um, uh, you know, dig into those stories and, and be inspired, um, by the lives of those those folks, uh, especially in the arts, because you know, just like this podcast, I think it's it's a great way to be inspired to kind of move the dial even in your own life. Um, so yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's if it can do that for someone, that's awesome. Um, but it was really just about making it. So um, yeah, nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see what you guys do next. And, you know, I think, I think we're going through a huge time of flux in just in life, of course, but, but also in the arts. So I think this is going to be, you know, certainly one resource that, that we can come back to time and time again and see where things move. Yeah. Yeah. We'll keep you in the loop. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're project to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, no, please do. And yeah, we're all connected now. And again, you know, much like the book, much like this podcast, it's it's awesome for that because you, you know, you get an hour, you get an hour in someone's life that you would never, you know, quite possibly never otherwise have had. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we'll definitely keep you posted. There's there's always at least a few projects that we will either finish or not that we're working on. <laughs> so it's always we'll see the way. How it does yeah <laughs> oh god yeah so many so many story ideas i'm writing a lot at the minute and um it's funny you know as you'll know there was spinning the plates of family and everything else but god the resourcefulness the amount of stories i've written on toilets in the last year maybe that's a book maybe that's a book actually <laughs> i think it is yeah there's something there for sure i love um, that <laughs> brilliant well um and uh, lastly where can people check out all the info on the project. Yeah, I think if you go to my Instagram uh, handle, which is uh, at BTIB Studio, that's B-T-H-I-B-B-S dot studio, uh, there's a link there uh, to purchase the book uh, in the bio. That seems to probably be the, the easiest way to get to it. Um, you can also search, you know, Kickstarter quarantine portraits and that should pop up pretty quickly too. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'll get it. I'll get it pushed out there and, um, I will give you a shout when the show is going to be out and yeah. Thank you very much for your time, fellas. Thanks, Ben. It's been a pleasure, man. Really, uh, nice to connect with you and, uh, yeah. Hope to stay in touch, man. Thank you so much for Michael and Brian Thibodeau for taking the time to chat about their beautiful quarantined portraits book. And all the wonderful organic goodness and the themes within and uh, the the kind of coping and the, the things we've done to get through the isolation of the pandemic it's unprecedented for all of us it continues to go on i doubt it's the last pandemic or you know such situation we're going to have in our lifetime so let's hope we've learned from this and we've you know we've picked up some resilience along the way um do grab the book, follow the Instagram channel over at btibs.studio, B-T-H-I-B-B-S.studio over on Instagram, all the links through there. And do go and check out Michael and Brian's brilliant work. They have quite a diverse portfolio. They're quite, as Brian described them, as uh, creative wanderers. And I love to see stories like that and how people are spreading their talents to get, you know, to keep things moving and to keep it exciting. Uh, so do go and check them out. Um... I'm not sure when the next episode is. We're just we've got a couple bubbling, and they're they're waiting on certain deadlines coming out of the pandemic and restrictions and everything else. So there may be a little break. There may be not. I need to have some chats about that. But there are going to be more stuff coming up in the not too distant future. But for now, there's over 180 episodes that you can uh, check out. Cheers for checking in. Thank you to the sponsors, Illustration X and the Association of Illustrators. Go and check out those brilliant people doing great work for the industry. Um, 
get your feedback on social media at Ben Talon or at Ben, Pal- ben Talon Pod. Oh God, I'm all over the show today. I'm knackered. Twin parenthood, hot weather, bad nights, pandemic. I've got plenty of excuses. You can't do anything about it. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Have a good week. Yeah.